Sports Station. Ladies and gentlemen of Lafayette. The Hammered Down Show with Jared Jesolitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited! He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette Sports. The cream of the crop! Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go to that voodoo that you do so well. do uh we tried to work some stages you know couldn't work out unfortunately but uh, we're back today good show uh we got a lot going on here today sam king's going to join us about 3 15 uh from the journal and courier so we'll talk a little bit more about uh last night's game and, and what it meant against Rutgers. Uh, also coming up four o'clock uh jeff julik joins me along with nate barrett and alan carbick for the boiler basketball show so we got lots of hoops to get to here today Let's go ahead and uh, get it started, kind of eh, like we always do with Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. Purdue with a win last night in men's basketball, 96-68, to that final over Rutgers. Uh, Zach Eady with 25.7 rebounds. The story, though, is Cam Heidi's 18 points off the bench. Dude was 7 for 7. 4 for 4 from 3. 96 points scored against Rutgers. We're the most against the Scarlet Knights in a regulation game since March of 2016 when Michigan State dumped 97 on them. Rutgers came into the game number two nationally in defensive efficiency. They did not end up there. Uh, Purdue's 58.9% field goal percentage was a season best. Braden Smith, 13 points, seven rebounds, five assists, two blocks, and a steal. Smith. Has 345 points, 192 assists, 155 rebounds on the season. The first Purdue player in school history with 300 points, 175 assists, 150 rebounds on the season. Next up, they got a trip to Michigan. They'll go 2 o'clock here on Sunday. Elsewhere around the Big Ten, the favorites held serve last night with Minnesota. 88-79 88-79 over Ohio State. Northwestern, 76-62 over Michigan. Boo Booey, kind of the program's leading scorer all time. No Big Ten basketball tonight. You hate to see that. The NFL today announced that it will uh, be, the salary cap will be $255.4 million per team. There's also another $74 million per team in benefits. The cap number last year was 2248 That is a 13.6% increase in salary cap. I found this interesting. Uh, Michael O'Brien of the Chicago Sun-Times tells us that Robbie Gold, Bears fans love Robbie Gold. He's got himself a head coaching job at Rolling Meadows High School. That's right, Robbie Gold, the high school football coach. He retired in December. He kicked from the Bears for 10 seasons, right? 05 to 15. Fun fact, Rolling Meadows produced Jimmy Garoppolo. There you go. 
Spring training opened it up today for the White Sox and Cubs as they take on each other in the Cactus League. The first pitch is set for about one minute from now. If you're a real degenerate that's going to get out there and try to watch that or uh, bet on that, I salute you. Blackhawks, Jets tonight. Chicago plus 225. They've been longer shots this season, that's for sure. But all three previous meetings have had four goals or less. To the NBA, it was back last night after the All-Star break for the first time. The Pacers 129-115 over Detroit in their return from play. Halliburton had 25 points and 13 assists. Jay Nivey with 14 points. Meanwhile, the Bulls lost at home to the Celtics 129-112. Vooch, 22-14. All five starters in the double-figure scoring. And there you go. That would be your need-to-know news for this Friday, the 23rd of February. Let's go. Big win last night. I wish I was here. I would have told you about Zach Eady Point. I, come on. They said a 20 and a half. How could you not take that? Would I have taken, told you publicly to take 16 and a half? No. I don't know. I would have told you Cliffy under because he was at 10 and a half. I would have told you Zach over. And I probably would have had. I liked Lance Jones going that. I think I just had Lance like plus 10 or like 10 plus points and like a, a watered down parlay thing, I think is what that's what that's but being honest is what I would have told you. Tonight, no big 10 basketball. What are we doing? This is horrible. How am I supposed to survive? Well, uh, you know what? Tonight, I think we'll go to the NHL. Let's go to the NHL. I'm not big Ivy League basketball kind of guy. I'm still mad at the NBA on a personal level. So I feel like I can go to the Blackhawks and the Winnipeg Jets. And we're targeting the under at five and a half. Three previous meetings, they've all gone to four goals or lower. Eight of the Blackhawks' last nine games against the West at the United Center have gone to the under. I don't like the puck line, though. Winnipeg tends to score not at a high clip. They really play off a lot of great defense. Um, And they're only 18th in the league. They only average three goals a game. But they're tops in the league in goals allowed. And you know the Blackhawks don't score. They're dead last. They're dead last in goals. They're dead last in power play goals. I like the under on this one here. That just feels about right. Winnipeg has also failed to cover the puck line. Here's the thing. I think you're looking at the puck line at plus, you know, one and a half and thinking, hey, okay, it could be low. Winnipeg could cover that. But for minus 115 versus minus 110, I just like the goals allowed better. I'll take that. That seems to be, I think that's the easy. Now, if you want to parlay Winnipeg to win and the under, I don't hate that either for you. I would not take that puck line. I would be very interested Winnipeg to win in a shutout plus 550. 
Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. That one's a little bit of a flyer. Five to one on a shutout for the number one defensive team with the best goal, one of the best goalies in the league versus the Blackhawks, who are dead last in goals scored. How do you not take advantage of that? How? You got to. Those are that that's that's my little watered down play for tonight. I think that's what you go with. That's what I'm going with here. I wish I wish I would have been here yesterday. Could have given out winners last night. Ugh. And I stunk earlier on this week too. Dada. What are you gonna do? I know what I'm doing tonight. I'm heading home. I'm enjoying sports all around. I may watch some hockey tonight. Thanks to X5 from Xfinity, I can watch it on my TV. I watch it on my tablet. It doesn't matter what I do. It's, it's a reliable connection for all of my devices. Even when my kids are online, too. You do more of what you love with the fastest internet. 24-7 customer support. It's there whenever you need it with in-home Wi-Fi support. I can use the Xfinity app to pause my Wi-Fi. You like this trick with the kids? Uh, the Wi-Fi's down. <laughs> but you can do that. You can pause Wi-Fi. You can disconnect it for a while, set family safe, browsing, so much more. I mean, it's just it's an essential tool if you've got you know young ones. That's why I love Xfinity X-Fi. You're going to love it, too. It's become an essential for me. Listen, get started yourself. Call 1-800-XFINITY. Visit Xfinity.com or drop into an Xfinity store today. And get more details. Based on Xfinity's fastest available download speeds, XFi Advanced Security is available to Xfinity Internet customers with a compatible Xfinity XFi Gateway. Must activate Advanced Security through the Xfinity app. Ability to pause limited to home network does not apply to Wi-Fi hotspots. Don't you go anywhere. We're coming back. Sam King, Lafayette Journal and Courier is going to join us. Next is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017 The Hammer. We're back on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. To the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline, we go. And we're going to bring in our good old buddy Sam King of the Lafayette Journal and Courier. Does a great job of uh, covering local sports, specifically Purdue. Uh, Sam, happy Friday, buddy. Always great to uh, have you here. I, I did want to get real quick before we jump into Purdue. I did want to get your take on... Um, uh, the newest athletic conference in uh, the IHSAA. Uh, we've got Maction now with the uh, with the Monon. Uh, what did you think about the name? I saw you tweet out about it. What did you think about the name? Uh, I mean, it makes sense when you read the reasoning why it is called the Monon. It, it, all those schools are along the the Monon uh, Railroad Trail, so I guess it makes sense. More importantly, I'm just happy that these schools are finding a place to go that you hope uh, is athletically balanced across the board between all the schools, but there's been so much shifting and movement. And obviously on top of that, just schools that are uh, varying in sizes, which, uh, you know, and, and going back to Harrison and McCutcheon, I just want these, these kids to get a chance to be on all conference teams and things like that. And, uh, you know, sometimes I wonder, is it about the kids or is it about, you know, other people um, who, you know, uh, have their own best interests and are, are maybe a little bit selfish. But, uh, you know, the more conferences and kids that are getting the chance to be in all-conference teams, compete in conference meets, things of that nature, I'm all for it. And, and I'm glad that these schools all seem to be 
competitively balanced and uh, should be, you know, here in a couple of years, a pretty good league, I think. And, uh, you know, they're all within, what, like a 45-minute boat ride uh, on the Monon, so we're good there. Yeah, I, that's the biggest thing is, uh, you know, I, I can't imagine these kids that have to go two hours on a Tuesday night to compete in a, a conference basketball game or whatever it might be and then turn around come back and be all broad-eyed and bushy-tailed, uh, you know, at 8 a.m. the next day for, for eight hours of school. Yeah, and we just don't have any kind of canal or tributary that would take anybody all the way out to Richmond. So, yeah, this yeah, I, I get that. Uh, absolutely. Uh, we're talking with Sam King, Journal and Courier on the Hammerhead Hotline. All right, last night, um, it's it's the Cam Heidi game, right? I mean, look, I, you know this, I've known this, um, and, and people that watch the program real closely has, have known that that kid is such a freak athlete that once he finally got the chance and the time to really show that off, that he was going to be a problem uh, in the Big Ten. And then people are starting to figure out that he can also shoot three-pointers. Um, he It was only a matter of time before he put together a game like this, Sam. Yeah, uh, everybody, like you said, everybody knew that. Last year, people would show up just to watch him go through uh, pregame because he would put on pretty much a, a slam dunk contest show for the fans at times. Um, this year, you know, probably not so much because he knows I'm going to need my legs for games. When when you're redshirting and know you're not going to play, you can do stuff like that. But, um, yeah, he's been a tremendous three-point shooter. I think that's the thing that when you talk about his athleticism um, and you see him throw down these highlight dunks, that kind of gets lost. And he's told uh, – me, he's told other members of the media, like, hey, back in high school, I was a really good shooter, too, but uh, everybody gets so caught up in the, the slam dunks and the athleticism. Um, now it's just going to be a matter of, you know, can you build off of this? Um, I think that with, and I wrote this last night, with Kenden Heidi, with Miles Colvin, you have some guys that probably aren't on scouting reports, uh, if you're the opponent, um, who can come off the bench for Purdue and, and beat you in a hurry. And we've seen Miles Colvin, who's not gun-shy at all about getting in there and, and chucking up a shot when he gets an opening. Uh, last night, Kim Heidi, who early in the season I thought hit uh, big three after big three. It seemed like there was a stretch of three or four different games where he hit a momentum-changing three-pointer that uh, got the offense going. Um, and then last night he, he just hit three in a row, um, gets teed up after one of them, which is probably the one of the weakest technical fouls. Following one of the weakest technical fouls I've ever seen when, uh, when Rutgers got teed up for hitting the three in front of Purdue's bench. So um, it seemed to, to spark the team. And then, um, you know, for him to go out and put up 18 points on 7-7 seven seven shooting, uh, that's a career game for a lot of people. And to think that he's only, what, 26 games into his college career, uh, I think that there's a high, high ceiling for Cam Heidi um, in the future. Yeah, I'm, I'm scared of his potential. I mean, that's just the reverse, the, the reverse land where I'm like, you could have dunked that, I think, if you really wanted to. Uh, and still got underneath the rim and got that thing. I mean, just absolutely fantastic. Now, there's another side of this coin right now, uh, Sam, and uh, I, I've seen the fans uh, talk about it uh, on the chat boards and stuff. Uh, I'm sure you've noticed it. Uh, uh, Fletcher Lawyer, the, sh- the shot's not falling right now. Um, I thought last night, I know he didn't take a ton of shots last night. He did take that one rainbow three, but... You know, I thought he still played well getting the five-some assists, though. But you go back and look at those previous four, he looked a little gun-shy at times, maybe not taking the shots like he normally did. I, I understand he doesn't have to be there every night for them, but 
the, the way the three was falling for him over the last five games, it's certainly raising a little bit of eyebrows. What can you tell us about Fletcher Lawyer? Do you think he's in a slump, or is it just that teams are guarding Purdue differently? Kind of explain what's going on there if you can. Well, yeah, I think for starters, um, Fletcher Lawyer is shooting something like 42% from three-point range this season, even though, you, as you mentioned, he hasn't hit any for a while. I think he's hit one in maybe the last four or five games. Uh, teams are aware now that, you know, if you leave Fletcher Lawyer open, he will beat you. Um, you can ask Arizona, you can ask Tennessee, and you're seeing teams that are probably face guarding him or being more up in his grill, not letting him get comfortable and get into a rhythm uh, like he had earlier in the season. Um, that's part of it, but, uh, you know, he's also just, you know, He's not a guy who's going to force a lot of shots. So, as you said, you know, last night I think he had two attempts. If it's not there, he's going to make the smart play and get the ball where it needs to be. And, and you're right, five assists last night. He took a he took a charge um, that was uh, at a pretty big moment in the game early, where it still seemed like Rutgers was making a game out of it. And then um, just his basketball IQ, I think, is probably why he's on the floor. You're right, fans are, are kind of crapping all over him. I got some. DMs. I got a, an email today that was, uh, I haven't read all the way through it yet because it's pretty long, but I got the point pretty early that uh, Fletcher Lawyer shouldn't be playing and, and Mason Gillis and Camden Heidi should be taking all those minutes. Um, you know, it, it's hard to disagree after a game like Cam Heidi had, but uh, also uh, this is the second time in 26 games that Cam Heidi scored in double figures. It's not like he's consistently going out and playing like this every night. It was probably somewhat circumstantial why he was able to get going last night a little bit, but um, Purdue's 23-3. and three. Uh, It's hard to argue and say, you know, Matt Panner's making the wrong calls right now. It's not working. Um, when, when it's not working and you're losing consistently or not playing well consistently, then maybe time to make a change. But right now, um, I think Matt Panner's going to stick with what's working, and he's shown at times that uh, if Fletcher Lawyer's not playing well, he has no reservations pulling him out and putting somebody else in. But um, as of right now, you know, I think Matt Painter is going to stick with what's working and why it's working. And, and, and he always does a good job after the game explaining why certain people are in the game at certain times. And, and you know, he, he hears, I, I don't know how much he checks Twitter, but Matt Painter knows that uh, there's a lot of people who think that Fletcher Lawyer's minutes should be reduced. Um, but that's something he's going to evaluate in the staff and, and make the right call on, I assure you. He's not out there playing the guy who's playing worse than somebody else because he's biased or has a, a affection for a certain player. He's going to do whatever it takes to try to win the game. And he's got to trust you, too. I mean, that's another reason why you talk about the basketball IQ. He's got to trust you as well. Um, and when you have a guy that's been through what Fletcher Lawyer has been through, and again, no disrespect to Miles, no disrespect to Cam or anybody like that, but... You know, those are younger guys that maybe not have been through it, and he trusts him uh, more than that. I, I, I give it to him. The only knock that I have with Fletcher right now, Sam, is, I don't know, maybe I just feel like this, but I feel like that kid gets more fouls in the most precarious positions than anybody I've ever seen. Like, I've never seen a guy rack up as many fouls, like, being behind a guy. Like, he got knocked over being behind a guy and got a foul. I don't even know how you managed to do that. Like, I feel like he finds himself in those roles sometimes, and he gets up and kind of shrugs his shoulders like, I don't even know how I did that. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. And I feel like Fletcher Lawyer spends more time on the on the floor than anybody. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's getting bumped and knocked over and kind of just crumples and goes to the ground quite a bit. Um, and sometimes, 
the, the officials know there was a foul and they blow the whistle and then they seem to kind of think, well, we blew the whistle. We've got to call something and let's point to the guy that's laying on the ground. Um, seems like an easy bailout, but um, you're right. You know, and part of that is um, Fletcher Ware is not a great defender. Um, where he's going to help you defensively is probably being off the ball and, and um, you know, probably not so much guarding a man one-on-one. That's more what Lance Jones is for. That's more what, um, you know, even a Camden Heidi's for. Um, and why Ethan Morton comes into these games uh, when he switched the offense for defense. But, um, you know, right now it's working. When uh, uh, the season comes to a close, if Purdue isn't a national champion, I'm sure that somebody will probably point a finger at Fletcher Lawyer and at Matt Painter and say, you cost us a national championship. But uh, I hope it doesn't come to that. It, 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 it shouldn't come to that, and that's not the reason. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you that if that's the way that happens. We're talking with Sam King of the Journal and Courier to get a rebound game from that Ohio State loss, um, but to do it in such dominating fashion and to do it against a team that's, you know, Ken Palm number one, number two, something like that, and adjusted defensive efficiency, Rutgers. I mean, to do it against a team that proficient in defense, um, not only is that just a, a, a confidence booster, but, I mean, that gets that quiets a lot of the, uh, the, the little voices out there in the background in the Twitter sphere, doesn't it, Sam? Yeah, and uh, at halftime, Purdue had 52, and I was thinking, uh, you know, Purdue doesn't do this to Rutgers. Rutgers usually has Purdue's number, you know, even the games that Purdue manages to win, like earlier this season, it's a low-scoring, you know, battle it out, uh, have to scrape for every point type of situation. And uh, so I went up, went back and looked, and I was like, not only does Purdue not do this to Rutgers, nobody does this to Rutgers because of the way that Coach Peichel and his team's uh, – play you defensively and I think uh, I saw a stat where it had been 2016 or 2017 since a team put up that many points on Rutgers and a half um, so that tells you everything you need to know and then uh, to finish with you know Purdue could have scored 110 115 points if, if it really wanted to and would have kept the starters in and kept going down low to Zach and, and hitting threes at the, the rate that Purdue was hitting threes but uh, probably just was kind of a nice uh, game to get a break where Braden Smith doesn't have to play 38, 39 minutes, where Zach Eady can play whatever it was, 25 or 26 minutes, and then get a get a rest. Um, felt like this was just kind of, you know, after that Ohio State game where everybody thought the sky was falling, um, to bounce back and say, hey, we're good. Like, yeah, we, we had a one bad outing, but uh, that, that doesn't define who we are and, and everybody immediately kind of seemed to say, you know, last February Purdue really struggled. Um, this is not the same team, and I don't know how many times this has to be said. This I know. is not the same <laughs> team as the, the team of a year ago. I mean, it's a lot of the same guys, but they're all a year older, and then you throw in Lance Jones on top of that and uh, and Camden Heidi and even Miles Colvin to, to some extent. Um, it's a lot different team than the team that went to uh, 29 and 6 a year ago. Fanta was even out there on uh, a podcast here. Oh, they got all the tools, all that stuff, but, you know, until they do anything in March, like, it's not even the same. They're, why do they get saddled with that? Now, UConn, for everybody that came at Purdue from UConn uh, over the weekend after that loss, I mean, those guys haven't won a ranked uh, matchup on the road in, what, like 21, uh, it was like 21 straight games they've lost? They don't have to wear that. Like, Purdue has to wear this. No, and, you know, the, the that from UConn that I think is most uh, weird is they've that UConn's only played 21 games on the road against ranked opponents since 2014, and I'm sitting here thinking like I feel like Purdue plays ranked opponents on the road all the time. Um, you know, Wisconsin just a couple weeks ago, 
Uh, Illinois will be a ranked road game here uh, in a week and a half or so, whenever that is. Um, so that that was the biggest thing to me. Was like, you know, why aren't, why isn't UConn playing more ranked teams on the road? Um, but yeah, it seems like every time Purdue loses, and then the people come out and and point fingers and laugh and say, yeah, you're frauds. Um, whether that's Illinois, whether that's UConn fans, um, karma kind of bites them pretty quickly after that happens. It's funny how that works. You uh, you're out of the games. I'm not naming anybody. Not no names. But you come across a lot of these national media guys when you're down there in press row and the hospitality and all that stuff in the post game. They come out here. They they'll write these things. You said the Purdue and the frauds and stuff. How do these people act when they show up at Mackey Arena? Just out of curiosity, in general. Uh, you know, Pat Forty was at the game yesterday, um, but he's probably not one of the ones that you're you would name if if you were naming them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I don't know where this narrative came from that uh you know purdue is, is some sort of hated team like i think back to baylor when it won a national championship Purdue's a, a powerhouse that's not won a national championship and all of a sudden it, people are treating purdue like it's uh you know duke or, or kentucky or something one of these teams that every year is is in the final four competing for national championships um and typically that happens after you have a run of success like a kansas city chiefs or New England Patriots type run, and, and Purdue hasn't had that yet. Um, but I th- feel like now for three years in a row, Purdue's been so good for so long that people kind of throw Purdue in that uh, in that realm. And then uh, when Purdue fails, it's kind of like, see, well, we knew it. We knew Purdue wasn't uh, wasn't what uh, everybody else thought it was. Um, people are quick to turn on the, the team, and and I don't, I just don't get where that comes from. You know, typically I feel like in these scenarios where you have this up and comer. Even when the Kansas City Chiefs uh, first made that run to the Super Bowl, I felt like everybody was like, well, this is new. This is different. How cool would it be for the Kansas City Chiefs to win a Super Bowl? Um, and I keep using the NFL example because it's kind of on the top of my head and, and recent. But I felt like Purdue, if, if it ever broke through, it would be the same way. And now it seems like a lot of people are, are kind of ready to turn on Purdue and throw it under the bus uh, the first chance it gets. And here, too, I was trying to think earlier today, like around lunch, where was that point? Because we had a point with them, Sam, in the national media, where we had to change the narrative that Purdue basketball was like kind of this boring, plotting type, uh, you know, of basketball. And then we got to a point now where they, you know, they've been hanging out in the top ten for so long. Now they become like a hated entity. Like we didn't even get a grace period in there where people were like, oh, this is actually pretty good. Maybe the Carson Edwards NCAA run. Was about it, but outside of that, I mean, it took us forever to really change what the narrative about Purdue was because these people didn't come and watch any of these Purdue games. Now they're being successful; they've got to show up and see it. Now they are they just mad that they've got to drive down from O'Hare? Is that the problem? I like I I don't get what it is, Sam. I just don't. You're right. Yeah, I don't know, and I think historically, when you think about Purdue, you think about play hard, tough defense, grinding out wins. And this team has been an offensive juggernaut. I think now is number one in the nation in three-point shooting. And everybody wants to talk about Zach Eady, and all they do is throw the ball in the paint to this ginormous man-child and, and let him dunk. Uh, that's the furthest thing from the truth. Purdue's beating teams in a variety of ways, but Purdue's scoring a ton of points and defensively probably not that great of a team, to be honest, um, outside of a, a couple players. So uh, totally different style. And you know, the, the uh, one knock I've seen is like once Purdue gets in the NCAA tournament and, and gets a team 
they can slow it down, it's, you know, Purdue's going to be screwed. Well, I, I don't think that's the case because this Purdue team is, is different in the fact that it can rack up points offensively, but also can play those, still get in those defensive wars and find a way to grind out a, a, a game. And then, you know, you always have the safety nets of a Zach Eady that's going to get you 20 to 25 points, 10 boards. And uh, when all things break down and everything else fails, just throw it underneath to the big guy and let him go to work. And, um, you know, when you're hitting 40% of your threes as a team on the season, you can't just sag in and play him defensively like teams did a year ago. So I think that's maybe the biggest difference from a year ago and, and why this team, I feel like, should be uh, you know one of the favorites to go to the Final Four. Sam King, Lafayette Journal and Courier, got to pick up those subscriptions. He does a great job covering your Boilermakers and uh, and then some around town here. So uh, make sure you're reading his stuff. Follow him on Twitter. He is a uh, he's a great guy to follow here. Sam, I always love talking with you on a Friday, man. It's always good to have you on and good to hear your voice. And you know, thank you for getting us the good stuff here on Purdue basketball, buddy. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Sam. Enjoy your weekend. All right, we're going to take another break. When we come back, plenty more Hammer Down Show next on 1017 The Hammer. Hey, welcome back. Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. Big thank you to Sam King, the Lafayette Journal and Courier, for being on with us there. Always good stuff. Camden Heidi's uh, up and under uh, Jordan S. Dunk from last night even got the attention of the official Nike basketball account today. Look at this. I Dude just levitates right in a cliff, man. I'm surprised he didn't throw it down. You see the other one, too? It had it, like, matched up with the Jordan one? Oh, tough stuff. Tough stuff. By the way, is uh, Zach Eady still, is, is he still able to get those shoes that he needs? Are we, are we doing that? <laughs> Did Phil ever come through with that? How many more Naismith trophies does he need to win before somebody gets him a pair of shoes? Killing me, Nike. At least you're not putting us in fear of God uh, uniforms like Indiana, that's for sure. Take that. All right. So Sam bringing up a lot of good stuff. Obviously, the Camden Heidi game last night, you loved what you saw from him. And Sam brought this up, though, because we talked about this in relation to uh, Fletcher Lawyer and, and why Fletcher is still out there, despite that some folks are not happy that Fletcher is still out there. Um, you know, Fletch in, oh, yeah, is he in a little bit of a shooting slump? Yeah, a little, a little bit. Shot looking flat, according to some. Yeah. I'll tell you this, the three that he shot last night... <laughs> Was uh, that had a little extra arc on it? I felt like, and in the past, yeah, I have felt over the last few games that maybe he had been hesitant to shoot the ball. But last night was not one of those nights. I think he was covered well defensively, and he picked up five assists. Like I told Sam, couple of steals. I, I don't think he's gun shy. I, I don't think that's the thing. But as we pointed out, you know, it's just. It's three games that he has not hit a three, not attempting the volume of threes. He's got, it was over two, he just took two shots. That was it last night. It's very rare that you see him not firing off shots. Now, for reference, he was just one of four against Rutgers on the road in Biscataway a few weeks ago. So Rutgers clearly with that game plan. 
Said, I'm not worried. Sam gave you all the reasons why he is in there, why he remains the starter, will remain the starter. But he does understand after a Cam Heidi game like that where you're saying, hey, we need to we need to mess around these rotations here. We need to get him some more minutes. You know, 18 points in 19 minutes, it seems like that should demand some more attention. But it's again, and Sam pointed this out too. He's only scored double digits one other time. First game of the season, Samford. So, you know, you got to be careful here. You don't get distracted by the, the shiny object. He had a great game. And when he gets a full run, when it's going to be, you know, his turn, and when, you know, he's going to have to play more defense, when he puts it together, he'll be scary. But I don't know that he's there yet. And that's not what his role needs to be right now on this team. Much like Fletcher Lawyer, does not need to be out there scoring 18 to 20 points for you. He is there to keep that defense honest from three so that you're not adding extra bodies down there on Zach. I mean, that's the primary. Th- he, he's out there stretching you. But he, Sam points out, he's got a great basketball IQ. And as Alan Carpick likes to say, he likes to be, he's the guy that gets it to the guy who gets it to Zach a lot of times. He doesn't get credited with an assist for that. It's not hockey. But those are some of the things that he does that, you know, don't necessarily show up on the box score and fans don't necessarily appreciate. No, he's not a defensive stalwart. I'll give you that. Probably doesn't play his defense as good as Mason Gillis, fair to say. But what you need out there in that starting rotation and what the game plan is, getting the ball to Zach, he's doing a fine job with it. I'm okay if he's not knocking down some threes here and there. I think you're okay with it. But the the other thing, too, is we talked about the national narrative. And the national narrative is what it is. You can't control it. Uh, you got a lot of people with a lot of agendas who enjoy access to bigger programs than ours that like to keep them happy. And in order to keep them happy, they want to be seen as towing the line. And towing the line, in this case, is bearing a Purdue team that looks very, very good when your Blue Blood teams are struggling to get into that last spot as a one seed, right? That's why you're constantly saddled with, oh, no, they're great, but... They haven't had any success in March. Well, they don't get out of the first round, despite the fact that, you know, they've last couple of years been to a couple of Sweet 16s. But I don't know. That's okay. That's cool. No, we don't have to worry about that stuff, right? For this team's part, uh, they do not engage in that stuff. And you've got to give them a lot of credit. They've seemed to remain focused throughout this. And again, even great teams lose a few. Sometimes they lose games they're not supposed to, like the Ohio State game. But look what happened. They come back against a number two team and adjusted to defensive efficiency and score more points on them than anybody has since 2016. That's how consistently good Rutgers defense has been. People can have, a team can have off days. It does happen. But you can't follow that national narrative where you, you you pound on the panic button. Oh, no. Here it comes. 
I got them in my DMs too. I got them on my Twitter. Here comes the collapse. Uh, classic Purdue fan there. Just waiting for that other shoe to drop. Instead of enjoying what you've been watching, and despite the fact that we've gone through how many games now? 27? And you've gotten 24 wins out of those. You couldn't, you can't enjoy that? Why? Stop waiting. Stop waiting for the bad stuff to happen. It's no way to be a fan. This team is different. I'm constantly tell you, this team is different. And they may not make it to a Final Four. It may happen. But if you live through what we saw last season, and then watch this team, and you don't think it's any different, I, I don't know what to do for you. Is exactly the type of response you needed and Purdue provided. Now they'll go to Michigan on Sunday. Michigan, with no signs of life, will probably be pretty in on this game. They'll have Doug back. They're looking for a bright spot. They'll be dangerous. Now, it's not going to be as much of a walk in the park as. You know, that 99-67 to game. But I still think Purdue will go up to Chrysler and be like 15, 16-point favorites. But they've it's hard to win on the road in the Big Ten. No other conference in America has a higher home win percentage in conference play than the Big Ten. We know this. But Purdue... Again, it's not just Macarena leading these victories. They've done it on the neutral courts. They've done it on away as well. So stop buying into that national feed, all right? Just know that this team is different. And again, if you haven't noticed that by now, I, I don't know why you're still watching. I just don't. All right. Everyone's house is different, but they're all the same in one way. And we've all got those places where the Wi-Fi, it just won't go. You know, for you, maybe it's the attic. For me, it's the kid's uh, back bedroom. Or at least it used to be. If you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you know you could worry less about these dead spots, finally. With wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds throughout your home. Reliable connection in every room and power for all your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall wall Wi-Fi only from the Xfinity 10G network. Get wall wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity for a reliable connection throughout your home. Now, through March 5th, get gig speed internet for $35 a month for 12 months when you add unlimited mobile. Plus, get Wi-Fi equipment included for two years. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Requires paperless billing and auto pay with stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Taxes and fees extra and may change. Gig speed Wi-Fi requires gig internet and Xfinity gateway. After 12 months, internet increases to $60. After 24 months, regular rates apply. Xfinity mobile requires Xfinity internet. Actual speeds vary. Hang tight. We're wrapping it up here for the week on the Hammer Down Show next on 1017 AM or 1017.
And welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017 thehammercom Coming up at the top of the hour, more hoops talk, the Boiler Basketball Show with myself, Jeff Julik, and uh, special guests, Nate Barron and uh, Nate Barron? Nate Barrett and Alan Carpick. There you go. Not much change to the stats for Purdue after last night. Uh, sitting at second in adjusted offense, 22nd in adjusted defense. Although our uh, strength of schedule, we're down to we're down to number two. Third best offense, sixth best defense, eleventh best non-conference. There you go. And uh, as far as I could tell, the uh, the net hasn't changed for us either. I mean, at this point in the season, unless something absolutely catastrophic happens, multiple losses, uh, you're just not moving anywhere. Still remain 9-3 in quad 1, 7-0 quad 2, 5-0 in quad 3, 3-0 in quad 4. The crazy thing is, like some of these other games, like those quad 4 games, are all against teams that turned out to be pretty good, right? Most of them, except for the Christmas ones. I don't think Jacksonville or Eastern Kentucky, but a lot of those early games, like Grace, and Grace leading like Division 2 or whatever, Samford 66. Even Moorhead State's 116. That's better than Michigan. <laughs> Who would have thought a win over Moorhead State would be more valuable than a win over Michigan? Not this guy. Purdue down the stretch uh, with the quad two at Michigan on Sunday. The last three games are all Quad onesies. Now Houston still sits up there at number one. That's that's not moving. They're also nine and three in quad one, but that's we've talked about this. The Big Twelve they juice those numbers with those weak, 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 weak non-conference games and blowing them out. But they'll have their hands full with Baylor this week. So the argument now becomes: if Purdue does uh, get a win on Sunday and Houston loses, that they become number one. I would tell you. I think you're underestimating how much some of these national voters don't like Purdue for no good reason. Like, I, in my bones, UConn lost, yes, Houston, if they lose, I don't care. They're still going to find a way to put UConn barely in front of Purdue. Or, by some weird argument, Arizona will leapfrog them. You think that's crazy, but if you go look through the ballots, look through the ballots. And we got dudes that are putting Purdue as low as 7th. I'm almost positive, positive, that somebody will try to do it. You'll, you'll wait and see. You'll wait and see. That's going to do it for us here on the Hammer Down Show. A big, big thank you for listening this week. We do appreciate it. Uh, I will get the Dave Shellhouse interview up, I promise, today. <laughs> Had an issue with the sick kid. It's been a rough week. We'll get that up posted and good to go for you here. Uh, hang tight. Uh, oh, by the way, thank you for Sam King for being on Friday. As always, always a lifesaver there, especially after a Purdue win that we didn't get to talk about at all yesterday. 
Thank you to Sam. Uh, we're going to be back again on Monday, but hang tight if you love your Purdue basketball, Big Ten basketball. Uh, we have the Boiler Basketball Show up next for you. Myself, Jeff Julek, will host for an hour. We'll talk with uh, Alan Karpik of GoldenBlack.com. We'll talk with Nate Barrett as well, and we'll get their perspective on things. Uh, they always uh, bring some good thoughts to the program. Uh, you'll love it. So that's coming up next. Stick around for that here on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com.